This is Fusion Music Radio's Birds of a Feather. And what, pray tell, in heaven's name, are we? Well, we're an indie music-focused show, rife with witty, fuck-laden, insanely interesting, and unhinged banter. Our fascinating, fun features and thematic song submissions will confuse, infuse, and delight you. And our hostess, introduce yourself, dear. Well, you know, just uh, plain old me, Christina Baldwin, vocalist for the Southern California band, Ascent, all around a dog lover, people person, and avid hugger. Right on, and I'm Professor P. Soup, the hoochie man, uh, and that, despite the fact that I <laughs> don't drink hooch and I never get any coochie from no womans, I just like the sound of it. That's not a problem, is it? <laughs> not a problem with me. And we're back to once again leave the audience wondering, what kind of drugs are these two people doing? Actually, it would be just me they'd be trying to figure out, because the audience no doubt has her pegged as being on nitrous oxide. To find all of this stuff I'm saying amusing, there's no other explanation for that. I mean, mere mere simple-mindedness is not enough. There has to be... (laughs) Not suggesting she's simple-minded. It's just... (laughs) It sure sounded that way. You better back that shit up. (laughs) It's just... If you're on nitrous, you don't have to be simple-minded. And if you're just simple-minded, it wouldn't be enough. So that, therefore, I mean, the logical deduction, the Sherlockian uh, conclusion to be inferred is that you must be on nitrous because we know you're not a simpleton. Okay. So, oh, but I, something I want to say about the show. How about those ads, people? Those Instagram videos and all those gorgeous graphics. My co-host is so talented and... She's the showrunner and show creator, never forget. But behind the powerful, classy, and gorgeous promos that she does for the show lies a very real love of birds. And that is one I share. We truly are bird lovers. And I got to tell you, I love birds. Even the ones I'm scared shitless of, I love them. You know? You're scared of some birds? Yes, there are quite a few of those, actually. Uh, seriously. I mean, birds of prey, I get it. I mean, I don't want any any birds to come, like, lift me with their scary talons. I get that part, but... Yeah, but if you you dig a little deeper, though, seriously, ducks, right, I'm not afraid of. I love ducks, but even they can go apeshit on you, too, and you would have to retreat. What are you going to do, stand there and duke it out with a duck? It's going to be biting (laughs) your ass. You're going to retreat. Now, (laughs) anything with, as you said, anything with, like, real talons or a beak or something, hell no, okay? But, I mean, they freak me out, but I do still love them. I just don't want them coming after me. Uh, exactly what you were saying. And seriously, though, think a little deeper. Uh, we like to think outside the box here on the show. Imagine being in a pet store and some cages are accidentally left open and parakeets and zebra finches start flapping all about your head. I, me? I'm, I'm going to scream like a little girl and uh, possibly wet myself. I, I'm telling you right now. You know? That's why Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds is like one of the scariest films ever made. And it's definitely the scariest one in my collection. I'm not even sure why I have it. So it treads a very thin line between entertainment and traumatic experience. I mean, but never fear, though. Christina and I, we are harmless birds. Mm, we're sweet birds. We're good birds. We're... Birds of a different feather. Ooh, what did I just say? Ah, you oh. sounds like a feature, but we're not <laughs> features yet. What are That's we right. up to? We are up to... Bird Banter Part 1. This is actually kind of new for us and maybe just a one-off, but we actually have Bird Banter Part 1 and Part 2. And actually, Part 1 
is all you, sir. Yes, uh, occasionally prompted by events of true moment, as this is, we might have to break it up and have a separate section. As she said, this is my bit because the bird banter A concerns butterflies and hurricanes. The legendary, the groundbreaking, the innovative, the great independent music and talk show starring Louis Strayton and Professor P. Soup. After its three-year run, Butterflies and Hurricanes will no longer release new episodes fortnightly, as the British say, or every two weeks, as we vulgarians in America would say, uh, who never should have, uh, never should have uh, broken away from the crown, because look at just, look at how we talk. We're so, we're so... <laughs> We're so crass. Anyway, that's what I always say. Come home to the crown. Make America Great Britain again. All right, you, I've made my pitch for that. Okay. But um, Butterflies and Hurricanes, it was my most profound honor to have co-chaired that great show for the last two and a half years. It's one of the biggest honors I've ever had in my life. Now, I first heard Louis Strayton about three years ago. He was interviewing a friend of mine who I've made music with in a number of cases. In fact, it was Deboy Dorino of Boyhead Soup and Traveling Snarkberries. He'll come up later on briefly in discussion. But Lewis was interviewing him on a show with the truly regrettable title, Pussy Bows and Pussy Lips. Now, <laughs> no, you know, I'm sorry. Yes, I know. It's, uh, I was, I'm so glad. And it was a really good show. Very good show. It's just the name is like one of those things that's kind of where you kind of glad your parents are dead, you know? <laughs> it's like, you imagine going, Mom, guess what? I'm going to be interviewed on a radio show called Pussy bullets, pussy lips. You know, aren't you so proud? But it was a great show, and I was indeed proud to have been contacted by Louis Drayton after that because I uh, had heard a little bit of his music here and there, but um, I, not enough. And I, it had been a while. But then I heard the show, and 15 seconds, he's talking, and I'm absolutely smitten. It was like this guy is the king of radio of all time. He's a legend. How, how could I have been missing this? And I've listened to everything he's ever released on radio since then. And not long after that, he uh, interviewed me as a recording artist. Uh, so he wanted to interview me. And I was like, wow, this is fantastic. So uh, I guess that went pretty well. And he thought, well, this guy's not a complete stumble bum and doesn't trip over his tongue that much. Or actually, he does, but it's in a way that makes it sound like he knows what the hell he's doing. So um, that alone got me an invitation to co-chair Butterflies and Hurricanes, which became a permanent gig. And we've done, oh, in excess of 110 episodes together. And it's just magic every time. But for now, the duo of dreams, as they were labeled, as we, sorry, were labeled <laughs> by Liz Bodwell, uh, is just ceasing our regular operations. But we will pop back every now and then for a special uh, or a, a series of specials or something like that. So we're not gone for good. It's just not going to be every other week. And we'll be engaged in different projects for your amusement. Lewis is doing a show called Indie Insurrection. The funny stories we've told together and the views we've exchanged and the great music we've presented to the audience and the guests and the interviews. And uh, we're, we're both. It was the longest-running show of his very lengthy radio career. and Well, certainly mine, uh, but uh, it's, it's been the highlight of my artistic or life, at least this aspect of it, doing that show with him. And, of course, we're not done yet. We will be back, so don't despair, don't cry. Stay tuned. Uh, but in the meantime, we've got plenty of other programming for you on Fusion Music Radio, like, oh, you know, Birds of a Feather. You know what they are. And you can hear all 139, was it, episodes of Butterflies and Hurricanes in the archives. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't want to go on too long about that, though. If I thought about it too deeply, you see, there's a time and a place to think really deeply about things. Like when you're thinking about 
scary birds, then you really should think deeply because what are you going? You, you got to be ready to to know what's going to happen if a bunch of finches get out of a cage. So that's sure. a, that's a time to think deeply. But a show that you've invested your life in for two and a half years and a brilliant partnership, uh, just skim right over that shit like it's nothing. That's that's the way I figure. <laughs> otherwise, you know, otherwise somebody will start peeling some onions in here, and I don't want to have onions peeled around me on the air if you know what I mean. So, okay. Uh, well, Bird Banter Part 1, but tell us what's up now. Or rather, would you like to tell us, do you have any thoughts about butterflies and hurricanes? I hear you were eh, sort of a casual fan. Yes, thank you for the opportunity to speak about butterflies and hurricanes. So I will say a couple of things. Number one, it's my introduction to uh, both you and Lewis. So uh, the reason that I even came upon Butterflies and Hurricanes is because we met that fateful evening and you interviewed us and played us on Butterflies. And it was such a huge honor, number one, for you to approach us, but then to be played on this show that is executed with such brilliance. There are so many amazing segments. I fell in love with how you did the show. Obviously, both of you, I think, are incredible. So fell in love with both of you and anxiously waited for the show every week. And in fact, if it's ever late, I kind of freak out. I'm like, so what's going on with the show? Where is it? What's happening? What's happening? Is the show coming? Uh, did I miss it? Because I just love it. And I wait to hear what you're going to talk about. I wait for the laughs. I wait for the music. Um, I wait for the interviews. So the good news is, even though we won't have you all the time, we still can always revisit any of the episodes anytime we want, anytime we start to have that whole situation where onions are peeling and we're thinking about the whole butterflies and hurricanes thing. We can always revisit Lewis and Professor Pea Soup and revisit the magic. And we hope that in your time of sorrow and in your time of need, you will turn to birds of a feather and we will take you under our wing and we will make sure that you continue to be entertained until the next iteration of Butterflies and Hurricanes rears its lovely head. So thank you so much, David and Lewis, for that incredible show, which I will say certainly gave some inspiration to me for this show. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. No, that is so moving. Thank you so much. I, I, I've always been so touched at how much you love the show and that you talk about the show and, and the way you talk about it and the fact that you wait for the show and give me... And I love the play-by-play that you give me uh, <laughs> as the show. You're listening to the show. She's like, okay, well, this part's over and she'll throw some quote at me and it will just bring me right back to that spot. And it is... Uh, it, it helps me relive it. It's fantastic. Thank you so much for that. And thank you for uh, the moving tribute. And uh, uh, is that a faint with onion over there? Okay, let's... Uh, what about uh, Bird Banter B? Yes. So now that we have paid an appropriate tribute to butterflies and hurricanes, let's get to bird banter part two. So from time to time, I like to take a look at music news. And one of the online periodicals I definitely turn to is Rolling Stone. Against, and, against my advice, I might say. <laughs> Kidding. Well, the good news is I didn't ask for your fucking advice, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Retroactively. Uh, okay. Retroactively. <laughs> I will not question the legitimacy of Rolling Stone, just its appeal to me. Uh, the validity of its opinions, well, I suppose everything is subjective. So, um, But uh, I, do, I do enjoy reading the reviews of films and records sometimes, uh, and you don't get a lot of that shit Lester Bangs 70s journalism. Thankfully, that's kind of dead, but not quite. As long as I live, it'll always be... <laughs> Lester, the spirit of Lester Bangs will always live on in me, because he poisoned me in my youth. But okay, so what did the venerable Rolling Stone have to say? 
well, now that you've had your moment, I'm going to have mine because they were talking about bands they'd most like to see reunite. And I found that very interesting. While disagreeing with many, there were some I agreed with. And while I didn't pull the entire list because it was not exhaustive, but it was exhausting, I just pulled six that I thought were interesting. So I'd like to share some of those with you, David, and also have you weigh in if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. So... The first is The White Stripes. Now, what we're going to talk about is the band a little bit. Um, What are the odds of them getting back together? And what happened? What was the problem? So for this particular band, the odds are zero, not going to happen. The problem, they said, they had to preserve what was beautiful and special about the band by ending it. Fuck does that mean? Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, that is some, the, that is some highfalutin shit, though, and and I, huh? I, I kind of know what he's getting at, but I really I do love that uh, that uh, airy, uh, lofty tone there from Mister White. Yes, it was very lofty. I thought, oh my my, really? Do tell. Don't hold anything back, sir. Just go ahead and throw it on out there. Now you know. As far as me wanting them to get back together, now, I loved the White Stripes. I don't want to lie to you. I love the music that came out of it. But the good news is we still have Jack White. So for me, I'm okay with the White Stripes not coming back because Meg White sucks ass. She just cannot keep a steady beat. And for me, that is super important as somebody who loves drummers, is married to a drummer, and appreciates a nice steady beat. So I'm good without them coming back because we still have Jack. If we didn't have him, I would be heartbroken. What? Do you say? Well, yeah. Are you suggesting that Jack constituted the bulk of the uh, merit of the White Stripes? You're not suggesting that, are you? Indeed, I am. (laughs) (laughs) And hey, uh, if Rolling Stone is so legit, remember they're the ones who named Meg like the '94 best drummer of all time. You know. (laughs) I think some. It's a payola situation. It's not my fault. It's a. It's a. It is. It's. It's got to be. There has to be something shady going on there. Uh, Or maybe Jack is on the council that votes or something like that. That's correct. And he's like, look, don't slander my ex. Don't do it. So you're you're almost saying that he's like the that Meg is like the Andrew Ridgely of (laughs) the White Stripes. <laughs> That's exactly correct. I, Wham didn't need Andrew, and uh, White Stripes didn't need Meg. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, definitely Meg is certainly more expendable because she didn't even sing, you know. So uh, Andrew at least did that, you know. I mean, true. That's true. I mean, and people talk, people speak of uh, Simon and Garfunkel in the same way, uh, Art Garfunkel in the same way, which is so dead wrong. I mean, his he was his mm-hmm. contribution was huge. I don't care if he didn't write the songs; his contribution was huge, uh, much more than Andrew Ridgely or Meg White. <laughs> uh, absolutely. I'm sorry. That duo is uh, of equal talent uh, vocally. I'm sorry. Oh, you need both yeah. of them to make it happen. I'm with you. With thousand percent and folks i hope you write this moment down note it because this is a historical moment we actually agree so there you go right and that might not be the last you hear about those uh, fellows uh, tonight but anyway but <laughs> uh, the white stripes see i like them too and i i'm not even caught up with their old catalog yet and everything but i it'd be kind of not well again we do have jack we do have the rock and tours no if it was a choice between no jack anywhere or Jack and Meg, the White Stripes, I would say, hell yeah, White Stripes, get back together. But since we can still have Jack <laughs> and not have uh, Jill there on the drums, uh, I would say, yeah, I, I, they don't need to get back together. They really don't. We're hearing Jack White. We're hearing the White Stripes under a different name and with a better beat. According to you... <laughs> 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 well, trust me, if you go back and listen, you're going to say, Christina, yeah, you're right. Oh, she sucks. Believe me, I, I am no authority. I, I love drummers. I'm constantly on the warpath against people who diss drummers, and I'm constantly championing drummers, and they fascinate me. 
But uh, I'm never going to say that I'm one myself and that I'm anyone to talk because if you ever listen to any of my drums, you're like, holy shit, you know? Uh, it's like I was saying on the other show, did you really mean to? The artist always gets it right, so I really mean to play stuff shitty uh, all the time. So, <laughs> but they don't need to get back together for my benefit, uh, so I think we're better off in this world with Jack alone, believe it or not. So sorry, Meg. I'm really sorry, but. Uh, I'm not con- sorry. Yeah. All right, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Okay, who's next? So that takes us to Talking Heads. Now, this is a band I absolutely love and certainly miss. Um, the odds of them getting back together. Now, anyone who knows this story at all is a big, oh, fuck, no, they're not getting back together. They had creative differences. There's bad blood still to this day. But the great news is that we still have David Byrne doing music with the incredible and comparable St. Vincent. So they did some really amazing music not too long ago, which really kind of brought him back into the forefront and really got her out in front of people. So you don't have to miss Talking Heads that much. And of course, they have an impressive catalog you can listen to. But for me, of course, I would love to have them get back together, but I worry they would kill each other. But still, for the sake of music and to see what would come next, I would love for them to get back together. I have a couple of the records. I have uh, I inherited them. It's true. It's part of, they're part of my dead friend's record collection. But I still have them. I didn't throw them away or anything. So that says something. Uh, more songs about building or uh, building and f- more songs about buildings and food and stop making sense uh, soundtrack. And it's great stuff. They are a terrific. At, talk about a band that really doesn't sound like anybody else. That has defined their own place. They've create their own. They've almost created their own niche, their genre. And you know the Talking Heads the instant you see them. And if anyone sounds like them, then that grabs your attention immediately because there's no mistaking this band for anybody else. And I do think they're fantastic. Uh, apart from the fact that they don't like each other, uh, it'd be good if they got back together. Um, but since, if, if all things being equal, uh, if, if we had our druthers, yeah, I'd like to see them go back together too. They're a great group. Wow, and yet again, we agree. I don't know. Maybe Rolling Stone is bringing us together. It's kind of like, you know, uh, we are the world moment. So anyway... Moving on to the next band, The Smiths. Now, this is one you recently discovered, David. So you are enjoying their catalog and jumping in with both feet. So let's talk about that. Now, what are the odds of them getting back together? Well, there is not a snowball's chance in hell that's happening. Morrissey and Marr were at odds almost the entire time. And to say there's bad blood, I think, is really pedestrian because I think they may be on the brink of hating each other, or at least they were. I think they started to kind of talk a little. I don't know why. Maybe it's one of those end of life, we should make up with everyone things. I'm not sure. But I think they actually have had a conversation or two now. Um, But yeah, that's not going to happen. Now, for me, as a lifelong Smiths fan and somebody who just adores all their music and uh, my favorite, I have to just share, How Soon Is Now is certainly my favorite song. I would love to see them get back together. I would. I just, I felt like there was just so much more they had to say. They weren't together that long. Now, Morrissey's continued on and has an impressive, amazing, and and just completely, totally bizarre catalog that I am absolutely head over heels in love with. But it's still not the same as The Smiths, though he does continue, and I'm grateful. David? I've discovered them both recently, thanks to you, and I really dig both. They are... Very similar, but not Morrissey solo and Morrissey and Mar. I do have a slight preference for the Morrissey and Mar stuff, so I would like to see them get back together, but at least it isn't as if Morrissey has got, because it was his lyrics, his vocals, so that would be, of course, the bigger loss if he were not out there. 
But um, so we still have him, and that's most of it. But I had a little preference for him together, and I would like to see the Smiths get back together. Yes, me too. Mm, that is three for three. Wow. So the next band, Streak. The, it is right. And another band that Rolling Stone would like to see reunite is R.E.M. And we may be talking about them later. I'm not sure, but we'll find out. Now, the odds of them getting back together, not likely, but it's not out of the question. Because they don't hate each other, which is such a wonderful (laughs) revelation, right? That they didn't stop making music because they hate each other. They actually stopped because they felt that they had accomplished their mission. They had fulfilled their destiny musically. So they thought, well, we're good. Mission accomplished. And you can't say anything bad about that. They set out to do what they did. So I have been missing them since 2011. I remember when I heard the news, I was very sad because they always came out with something completely unique and something completely off the wall that was totally REM. I don't really compare REM to anyone and that's very difficult because we always have somebody we compare them to. They just are so different. Every album is different. What? Nothing, nothing. Carry on. (laughs) Did I say something funny? All right. Maybe you left your nitrous a little close to me. Maybe I sampled it. (laughs) Oh, shit. I had a feeling something was going on. I thought that there was still whipped cream in that. So I guess not. So I guess it was just nitrous. Sorry about that. Oh, shit. <laughs> you are feeling good, aren't you? Going to have a good show here. Yeah, yeah. Good show. Well, that's all right. I was going to turn it over to you anyway. So you're all nice, nitrous up and ready to go. So go ahead and tell us. Would you like to see R.E.M. get back together? Because I know I would. Well, yeah, I was in a band in the 80s, uh, a group or a band or whatever you want to call it, called Trash Trio. And uh, one of the members of that group uh, liked a lot of weird music and weird movies. And he <laughs> introduced me oh to, a lo- to a lot of R.E.M. And uh, we could talk more about that. It is that. not weird music. We, we can talk a little bit more about that later. But I do. I did like a lot of it. I really Most of the early stuff I'm quite familiar with. And I, I really loved I mean, he listened to stuff that was a little bit off the beaten path, shall we say. If weird is a word not to your liking. Um, like, you know, Echo and the Bunny Men and, stuff, and Husker <laughs> Du and shit like that. I mean, you know, stuff that isn't exactly what every kid was listening to. But it was really good. He just liked weird, depressing movies. So I wasn't into that. But... REM is really, really good. And uh, would they like to see them get back together? Yeah, that would be fine because they uh, they had a lot to uh, a lot to offer musically. They could be poppy and accessible, and they could also be like that indie, weird, alt, uh, you know, moody stuff. And I, I just th- I love that band. So yeah, their choices redacted to your choices, and they're all good so far. Well, we'll see if we can continue that streak because the next band that they would like to see get back together is Oasis. Now, Oasis, the odds of them getting back together. Now, if you have been following this story at all, they hate each other. Liam (laughs) really, really hates his brother. So since they hate each other, there is no way in hell. It's not going to happen. No, there's no chance. So again, brothers at odds. That's what happens. Um, Sometimes family bands are great. We like to talk about them on this show. In this case, this did not work out. And here's the thing. I'm glad. I'm not a racist fan. <laughs> I do not want them to get back together. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I've never understood it. People love this band, and I just, it's its cringeworthy music to me. Their voices are horrible. I just don't get it. Wonderwall my ass. I'm just out. 
so no, I don't want to see them get back together. What about you, David? I, I never got this either. I mean, they were undeniably huge. But me, you know, one leg in the tar pit, you know, out in dinosaur land, I really didn't hear much of them. And nobody I knew, I didn't know any kids anymore. I didn't know any people my age that were into rock. So I kind of missed them, and I didn't feel compelled to check them out, even though they were so big. But when I finally did start to listen to them, I realized, what am I missing? There's nothing here. What was the appeal? I was expecting to be really impressed, and it was just more depressed than anything else. It was, uh, I, I don't get it. I totally don't get it. And when I went to see The Who, Liam uh, opened, Liam solo, because they don't like each other anymore. Um, yeah, Wonderwall. I finally heard this iconic song. I was like, what the hell is that? But Liam was there opening for The Who, and uh, I honestly, I got there just in time when he started, and I thought, uh, I, I'm so unimpressed, I actually chose to spend the time buying a t-shirt <laughs> during his set. I did hear one song he was playing in the distance as I was getting my shirt that I, that was good. And I thought, okay, that's not bad, but honestly, Oasis, I just don't get the whole Oasis thing. I totally missed it. It's just completely uninspiring and flat, and I'm thinking, like, is there nothing better I have to do than listen to this crap? I, I Sorry, you lost me completely on Oasis. I don't understand it, so uh, I'm with you 100% on that. Wow, very nice. Well, the the thing is, I really love what you chose to do instead of listening to Oasis. If you couldn't actually escape the horrible sound, at least you were able to make good use of that time and get yourself a shirt. So that is perfect. Well played. Yeah, a so good the- memory. I have something that, that gives me a good memory every time I see it. Uh, and instead of whatever I was, <laughs> instead of sitting there look, re- regretting wasting a half an hour watching Liam. So, yeah, I, I don't get that. I mean, he's very fortunate to be able to tour with such a band and I mean as you said you're not a big Who fan but you get the appeal a hell of a lot more than you get the appeal of Oasis I'm sure oh a thousand percent there (laughs) is no appeal to Oasis and I completely understand the appeal of the Who and I am sad that I don't get it I just don't I'm telling you we got another one I believe one more My Chemical Romance so My Chemical Romance uh, kind of a new band but at the same time a very trendy band a band that was very very popular and still has a a, you know a young but still you know fierce cult following now the odds of them getting back together it's likely because again another one like R.E.M. they don't hate each other they didn't break up because of you know irreconcilable differences they broke up because they too felt that their mission was accomplished they felt like they set out to make the music they wanted to make so they stepped away from it they are not saying they'll never get back together but for now they're happy now for me my chemical romance is a good band they're definitely a good band they're poppy they have still that kind of like you were saying that kind of angsty sort of alternative cool appeal to them so for me i'd like to see what they have to offer i'd love to see them get back together and hear more music by them because i really felt like they were a really solid good band that i think a lot of people could get behind so i'd love to see them get back together well the one song i don't remember the name of oh i don't know what it was it was about killing it was so off the wall i i I couldn't help but love it was enough for me i mean if you got one really great song i appreciate the band uh as long as they wrote it and the rest of their stuff is not shit that they had to buy a good song to try to make themselves sound good uh and i'm sure this was theirs because who i can't imagine anybody coming up with this stuff it was so audacious and that's what really got me the lyric was just like one of those it's like a Louis straighten thing kind of like where you gasp you can't believe he said that and the music was really uh kind of sleazy sounding and it was just it, it, it was very appealing to me at the time so the little i know about my chemical romance and i know a lot of people who do like them i thought it, they were uh, really good but i don't know a lot of their stuff and i'm not sure i 
would care if they got back together. But um, yeah, especially since they're happy to wrap it up, I'd say let them go in peace. And uh, one of these days, I'll catch up with your stuff, and I'm sure it's going to be great. So David and I decided, well, since we're doing this, let's go ahead and talk about the bands we'd most like to see reunite um, ourselves. So we went ahead and put together a list. And David, would you like me to start, or would you like to start? Uh, you've got more of them, I think. Um, I do. Yeah, I yeah, do. So go, you, you start. All right. Well, on my list, I'd say probably one of the, the top spots, though these are not in any order, are the police. I would just love to have them get back together. I've never heard a sound like that before or since. Um, again, unfortunately, they would not get back together. They do not like each other. They broke up for horrible reasons. But gosh, that's a band I would love to see get back together. I did have the fortune of seeing them. They were my first concert when I was 10. So oh. not that I remember it much, but, you know, I was still there, right? I was there. The next band is Genesis, the original Genesis with Peter Gabriel. I would just love to see what they had to offer after their last album because their last album was one that I absolutely just adore. So they're another band. They're not going to get back together. They obviously, Genesis has had an amazing success with Phil Collins and they continue to make music today. And so does Peter Gabriel, who is incredible and has a hugely successful career on his own. But gosh, it would be such a dream come true for them to come back together and make more music. Another band is Led Zeppelin. You know, and I know that's probably, oh, of course, Led Zeppelin. But I'm just saying, I felt like we didn't get to hear everything they had to offer. There, It always feels like there's more music there. Like with the Rolling Stones, you know, they continue to make music and we get to hear what they have to offer, you know, where they were versus where they are. And we get to continue that amazing journey. Whereas with somebody like Led Zeppelin, we kind of got stuck. We're, we're still in the middle of the path waiting. We're like, isn't there more? Alas, we do have a lovely catalog, but I wish they would get back together. And interestingly, some of the ones that were actually on the list were on my list. Uh, REM, for sure. The Smiths and the Talking Heads are three that I wanted to get back together outside of this list. And then happily, gratefully, two of my bands that I wanted to get back together actually have reunited. The Smashing Pumpkins and the Black Crows. So... I feel pretty happy that two of my bands are back together, even though I know some of them that are on my list will never get back together. So that's my little wish list. And I'm sure there's more that I didn't think of. But what about you, David? What's on your list? Well, about the ones on your list, uh, Police, I love the Police. Great, great, great choice. I love that band. Uh, Black Crows were good. I just don't think they, I prefer the Police. Uh, Genesis, I love, I'm a heretic, okay? I like Genesis better without Phil Collins, and I like Phil Collins solo better without Genesis. The band couldn't really get back together because even though the Collins Genesis is getting back together, Phil Collins is singing, he cannot play drums anymore. So that's what he did largely in Genesis. So if they got back together, it wouldn't be with him. And the other guys are alive, so I guess it could happen. Led Zeppelin, well, of course, they got back together for an incredible concert in 2007 at the O2 Arena in London, which was captured in the spectacular DVD Celebration Day. That was a true, honest-to-goodness Led Zeppelin concert, not like these little one-offs they did here and there, one song, two song here at some things, and they weren't very good. This was rock-solid, beautiful Led Zeppelin with Jason Bonham on drums. Now, the members are all still around and everything, and... I don't think it is a case of mission accomplished, as it was with R.E.M., My Chemical Romance. I do believe, uh, because they said so themselves, that when John Bonham died after In Through the Outdoor, they were going to be working on another album. 
of very hard guitar-driven songs, and we never got those, apparently. Uh, so they are out there. The Led Zeppelin album that never was, uh, for Stalled for you know, 30, 40 years or whatever, by the death of John Bonham, um, should, uh, that would be nice to hear. It would be, truly, because In Through the Outdoor was so drenched in keyboards. It was John Paul Jones dominated the entire record, although we had some great playing from Page. Uh, I would love to hear what they had in mind after that. So, yeah, they really should. And not, I mean, to play, yeah, that's great, but it would be great if they actually recorded something, too. My list is uh, quite short, because when you're my age, uh, young lady, um, everybody you know, uh, everybody who matters to you is probably dead, okay? <laughs> so, or they're still together in some capacity, minus the dead members, or an occasionally living one who doesn't want to play with anymore, like Bill Wyman of the Rolling Stones. Well, as touching the bands that I would like to see get back together, and the likelihood of such a thing occurring... There are two of them, and they both are actually very likely, or there's no reason why not, at least. The Runaways, first off. Well, Sandy West, everybody's first girl drummer crush, uh, the just a original pioneer, along with, you know, the Karen Carpenters and everything, um, is deceased. However, and they've had several bass players, one of them they don't talk to anymore, but we still have Cherie Curry, Joan Jett, and Lita Ford, and they're all still performing, and they don't hate each other. They meet, they, they play together, they meet together, they attended the premiere of the Runaways movie together, or at least Joan and Cherie did, and Lita plays with Cherie, I mean, they, so there's no reason this could not happen. All they'd have to do is grab one of their bass players, or not, and a good drummer, and boom, there we'd have some more runaways. And I would love to see that, because I've been a fan since they came out. I was in school. I was a kid, and this group came out. And they were kids, and they're my age, you know. So we grew up together, and uh, I uh, have everything that I love. So that would be something to see. And it could happen. No reason why not. And Alice Cooper, the band that recorded the first six albums, they could easily get back together. In fact... They have played together. Alice has a, a faith-based ministry, uh, a children's me- a youth center in Arizona called Solid Rock, uh, Solid Rock Foundation, and he has a fundraiser every year called Alice Cooper's Christmas Pudding, where they you know generate money for the Solid Rock Foundation. And the band, the original band, the surviving members of which, uh, lead guitarist Glenn Buxton is dead, but all the other ones, Michael Bruce guitar, who wrote many of their uh, their better songs, or co-wrote a lot of stuff with Alice. Dennis Dunaway on bass, Neil Smith on drums, they're all still around, and they do play together occasionally. They've recorded a number of songs in the last two or three years on Alice's album, so this is an extreme likelihood, and they're even talking about touring, so that would be something to see, and it's uh, probably going to happen, maybe to the lucky folk in the UK. It seems that's where they would probably end up, uh, if not the States, even though they're an American band. They're very, very popular over there so hey that's so it's possible two of my wish list ones and a couple of ones that you picked are really outstanding too ah fairy tales can come true and time will tell if any of these do and we did mutually agree before the segment that this would not include bands that the reunion of which would involve bringing someone back from the dead okay (laughs) it would have to be just anybody who's still with us not like i'd like to see you know uh the beatles get back together well yeah they're half dead so let's let's forget that you know Uh, it has to be something feasible and even if they have a member that's no longer with us it would still be the band uh like as some of the ones we've mentioned Uh, but no no so that uh let's get that out of the way and so we're only dealing with the real world here which is not something we're used to so <laughs> Certainly not. All right, well, that leaves you to restate the theme and top 10 details. All right, and now for the customary restatement of the theme. 
of the show. You've seen all the lovely advertisements, or adverts, as we faux British say. And the theme for the show is <laughs> Americana, which, in case you didn't know, is a distillation, if you will, a stew, a crazy quilt of the following. Uh, folk, country, blues, rhythm and blues, rock and roll, gospel, and other external influences. And if you've never really learned to appreciate Americana, and if it sounds too quaint and folksy for you, well, we have got a surprise tonight because you are going to hear fantastic music and you're going to fall in love with this uh, collage, uh, montage, uh, decoupage, what the fuck, uh, genre, uh, Americana, and uh, see some of our favorite groups in that arena. Well, before they're allowed to fall in love, David, I first have a pheasant surprise. Now, this is an abnormal part of the show. We don't normally have a pheasant surprise, though it may pop up from time to time. So what the flock am I talking about? That may be your question. Well, today, we are going to enjoy a show format shakeup. Why? Why? Well, because we can. Because it's fun. Because it's unexpected, it's exciting, and it is going to blow your mind. So what we're going to do today is instead of having our typical top 10, we've decided we're going to feature two, count them, two incredible Americana artists. Sure, they're different in many ways, but they still fall under the Americana umbrella and its beautiful tapestry. And we are going to share four songs by each artist. So it really is going to be something different, something exciting and something really special. Now, I don't know how often we're going to do this format. We may return to the top 10. We may not return to it for a little while. Who knows? You cannot trust us. We're fucking crazy that way. So, David, now that I've shared the pheasant surprise, you can start with our amazing first artist. Yes, when Christina announced, because I'm just a peasant and I sit there and I wait for her dictates and mandates to come down and say, oh, Americana, is that what we're doing? Right. Yes. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Oh, my God. That is not true. <laughs> oh, it is. It is fucking not true. I'm, I'm a worker bee here. Okay. So uh, well, first, <laughs> as soon as she said that, the first thing that came to mind, the first group was, oh, the Dewberries. The Dewberries, to me, are the quintessential Americana band. And there's uh, quite a few interesting details about them. We will parcel out over the course of the night. But let me just tell you who they are first. John Reagan uh, plays guitars, bass, mandolin, drums, vocals. When you hear music on the record, it's largely him. However, Paula Jones' vocals and percussion, and she's a fantastic lead vocalist. They both sing lead, and they sing lovely harmonies together, although most of the time you'll be hearing Paula. And I cannot forget to mention Kurt Baumer on violin, which they insist on calling a fiddle as they're an Americana band, and that's what you have to do when you're an Americana band. Uh, there's another thing. He's their secret weapon, honestly. The songs are beautiful, but he just sweetens everything up and just gives it that uh, incredible authenticity, and they are super legit Americana. And one of the telltale signs of a true Americana band is the number of songs in which the G is replaced with an apostrophe, and the Dewberries are all over that. I heard you call in misty morning rain, lose in tears, wonder what she's doing now. They've even got an album title, Cold Wind Blow In. So they are, I mean, right there, they're starting off on a strong uh, strong footing uh, as an uh, authentic American kind of band. And the Dewberries have five albums, all of which I hold in my hot little hand right here, thanks to their generosity in sending them to me, and I listen to them cover to cover. That's what I do. You send me a record, I will listen to the whole thing straight through, because that's the way they were meant to be enjoyed. And five albums spanning from 2011 to last year, uh, with titles such as Handpicked, Get it? Dewberry's handpicked. 
the wonderful Retro, which contains some uh, tasteful psychedelia, too, as well. Crossing Bridges, Cold Wind Blowing, and the most recent Pick and Shovel. We're going to be hearing uh, songs from a few of those tonight, but we're starting off with a tune which showcases the beautiful crystalline clarity of Paula Jones' voice. Now, Paula does all kinds of vocals. She sings rock and cover bands, uh, but in the Dewberries, uh, she is the queen of Americana, and she will just captivate you, take you on a journey with these uh, wonderful story songs of theirs, the ones that are, and uh, the beauty of her voice and the perfection of the harmonies with John uh, will make the Dewberries an instant hit in your little world. So let's start off with a beautiful song from the album Retro, and this one is called Fireflies. Fireflies around my head Fireflies don't go to bed And I love to catch fireflies And I number one birds of a virtually local feather so let me explain for this feature we share our recent local show experiences so because we're not going to venues and we're not watching live shows everything's virtual i thought you know what i'm going to step outside of my neighborhood and i'm going to just watch a random artist and that had me watching abby owens um, in florida at the blue point bar and grill what did i like her voice, the musical style, her guitar playing. 
I watched for 45 minutes. That was the length of her set. The style is singer-songwriter. Her voice. Her voice is sassy, soulful, sexy, polished while still raw. Her vibrato is silky, smooth, and consistent. She suddenly hit these soaringly high notes that are simply inspired and absolutely moving. Now, the singer-songwriter part. Acoustic guitar, rhythmic, propulsive, steely, and a bit dirty. A great cover of James Brown's Sex Machine. I almost didn't recognize it, and I enjoyed that fact. She did Chris Isaac's Wicked Game and turned it into a preppy, powerful rock song. Did I say preppy? I meant peppy. <laughs> she did Chris Isaac's Wicked Game and turned it into... <laughs> I, can't I, I like preppy. preppy. Say preppy. <laughs> no, it's not a preppy. Fuck me. <laughs> she did Chris Isaac's Wicked Game and turned it into a peppy, powerful rock song. Her original songs, David. Holy shit. Her originals are moving. They're beautiful. They're intense. Her expressions while she sings tells the story of heartbreak, disappointment, and loss. Her song, Catch Fire and Fall, is strikingly honest and gut-wrenching. I cannot say enough good things about Abby Owens. I have gone back and listened to so much of her music, and it is all absolutely beautiful, heartbreaking, painful, completely and totally raw. I mean, she just puts it all out there. Abby Owens is the shit, and I am so grateful I came upon this. And I actually came upon it through the COVID series. So that's what uh, Bruce and I did. The COVID concert series is a page, and you can actually create an event through that page. And we did that when we did our live not too long ago. And that's what I believe happened in this case. And many of the artists that I've discovered recently, virtual, um, virtually local rather, or local have been through that series. And it has really served us well as a platform for artists to, you know, share their wares. So Abby Owens is somebody everyone needs to check out. Her original music blows me away. But when she does these bars, she does these amazing, like I mentioned, versions of songs that completely and totally throw you but they're so brilliant so check her out abby owens she's the shit and you can just look her up she's the only really one abby owens on facebook so you can find her and take a listen to her you will not be sorry you will fall in love all right featured artist two the reed brothers so let me tell you about the reed brothers they are from San Antonio, Texas. They are Americana, blues, and rock. And I discovered them actually when we did our show on the 10th of April when I was kind of listening. I always do that. I always go out to Reverb Nation for every show and just kind of listen to see what's out there. And sometimes I might reach out to artists and say, hey, we like your song. Can we play it on our show? Um, you know, Which is how I, I met you. Right. Exactly. So, oh, that's true. So I did that with the Reed Brothers. I said, absolutely, please, uh, absolutely, please play our song, which we did. And the song was Where I Am. And that's the song I'm going to share with you again today. Reed Brothers are two brothers, and I will talk more about that later. Kyle and Keegan Reed. And let me tell you about this song, Where I Am. The song highlights are the vocals and harmonies live up to every genre mentioned and soothe my soul, despite the dark, introspective lyrical content. I love the groove, the guitar, and the melody. The lyrical content. Now, one of the things that is interesting about Reed Brothers is their lyrics are actually kind of sad. 
um, which is something that, you know, Ascent kind of <laughs> excels at is having songs that are peppy or upbeat, but have really sad lyrics. So let me share some of this lyrical content. I feel used. Do I take up too much space? I am selfish. Only care about one thing, where I am. A place inside my head wishing I were dead, but here I am. I feel hated, mainly by myself. I can't say that I'm doing well, where I am. I am jaded from the darkness in my soul. I am falling deeper down this hole, where I am. I don't know about you, but that particular set of lyrics absolutely tore out my heart. I just thought, wow, and it's really a very peppy, upbeat song. But when you stop and listen to the lyrical content, you feel that darkness. There's there's a, a severe struggle in there. And you don't know from the title, a title like Where I Am, that it's going to go that way. You just don't. So I really, really love this song. I love the lyrics. I love what they do. And when I share lyrics again later, you're going to hear more of the same. Surprising and beautiful. And lyrics are something that I think a lot of people don't spend a lot of time thinking about. You may sing along, you may, you know, even think that you know the lyrics, but wow, I listened to these, this, well, I listened to this song quite a few times, honestly. I listened to it in April and I listened to it again recently. And every time it is more and more painful to hear him sing these lyrics. So anyway, I hope you enjoy this incredibly beautiful but heartbreaking song, Where I Am. take up too much space about had all that I can't take where I am I am selfish only care about one thing and I hate the way I think Yes, it never 
Time for another track from the Dewberry. Now, Americana has always been there, but it enjoyed a huge resurgence with the release of the 2000 film, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And I, first of all, I've never seen this picture, but this, everybody knows the soundtrack is uh, loaded with bluegrass Americana and has just sparked a real revival of that, including there was a show on PBS called Bluegrass Underground that they actually film in a cave. No kidding, in a cave. I think it's Kentucky. But somewhere they film this thing in a cave and uh, just bluegrass bands get together and play. And it's actually really terrific. Now, the movie itself is one... I would have wanted to see, and then not wanted to see, when I found it, it was the damn stinking Cohen brothers who made it, but as regular listeners know, I've recently had a sort of a change of heart about the Cohen brothers, and at least they made one movie that wasn't a complete pile of shit, which was The Big Lebowski, which I absolutely loved. So maybe this isn't a complete pile of shit either, although Christina's nodding at me like, nah, it's um, not that. Uh, you know, it's too uh, much for me. I tried really hard, but well, I'm going to be honest, I didn't even get through the movie. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's, pretty wow. that's pretty brutal. That's pretty brutal. Yeah, it, uh, oh, oh, get this. Wikipedia says it's based on The Odyssey by Homer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sure. It's a bit of a stretch. That's, that's worth watching know. just to see the parallels yeah, there. Okay. True. The film stars George Clooney and the great John Goodman. Now, I got to hand it to John Goodman because he absolutely chewed up the scenery in, I was going to say, a plum, but then Christy's gonna, Christina's going to go, uh, Who says shit like, like that? The shit you say. The shit you say. <laughs> <laughs> she says that to me all the time. I'm just talking. I'm just going about my life. And I go, blah, blah, blah. I drop a word out of the blue. And she goes, who says that I'm shit? Sorry, who says viscosity? Viscosity. Who it's says a- that in relation to hand sanitizer, David? <laughs> who says viscosity? Oh, yes, I did we're say. talking about hand sanitizer. <laughs> now, I understand in other contexts that may be appropriate. That just seemed like over-fucking-played. I don't know. I was like, shit, that's like a 50-point word for fucking hand sanitizer consistency. It's all about the viscosity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So John Goodman absolutely stole the big Lebowski, and he's in this one, too, with George Clooney. Yes, George Batman Clooney and Holly Hunter. She's fantastic. Charles Durning, the character actor who's in 457 movies every single movie that uh, uh, wait, who's that? every single movie that Jack Warden is not in, Charles Durning is in and who just died recently we were talking about? I think it was uh, Durning, wasn't it? Mm. No, it wasn't, or was it Durning? No, it wasn't. Oh, I can look it up. Okay, but everybody agrees the soundtrack is pure gold and I'm looking through the set list here and it's a beauty. You've got all kinds of Americana standards in there that uh, like the Big Rock Candy Mountain, You Are My Sunshine Down to the River to Pray uh, Keep on the Sunny Side. I'll fly away. Come on, uh, Alison Krauss. Angel Band. A lot of traditional American folk songs and blues songs and gospel songs uh, put together in such a way they can only be described as Americana. And I gotta say, the Dewberries absolutely nail that sound. As you will see in this one, this is like the quintessential Americana folk song. Don't say it's country. Do not Belying this music by ever calling it country because it's too good. Because I don't like country. No, I don't like country either. I don't like country. I like Americana. I like Americana. I like uh, uh, some crossover stuff, like that might call itself country, like uh, BK Gray, the Gray Brothers band, who uh, we play on. We used to play on Butterflies sometimes, and you can hear on Reverb Nation. Great. Sort of country band, and the Swansons, who we saw at the Whiskey at Go-Go, one of our last outings uh, in the real world. Uh, uh, they are great, but Americana is 
Why am I talking about country? The Dewberries are a country, damn it. So what am I talking about country for? Because I do that kind of stuff. Because we do that. Christina knew this. She was like, hey, can we do a show together? I want you to like change the subject all the time and uh, just make shit up and uh, just uh, go off script. I just That's just what I've always wanted to do, was to do a show with somebody like that. Just because so, that's what I fucking do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so from their album, Crossing Bridges, this, this is the quintessential Americana folk song beautiful again beautiful vocal by Paula a sparrow has to fly give regards to my brothers tell them all goodbye give my love Ties loosen freely, never will they bind. Let the walls fall completely, forever they will lie. I will write you a letter when safely I arrive. But take heart in my leaving, a sparrow has to fly. Feature two, Hawkward lyrics. For this feature, I bet you thought I wasn't going to say that too. I say it loud and proud. Uh, what was the one you didn't think I was going to say? Uh, I'll, I'll do better than Emu. No! I always get worried you're going to be like, I'm not saying this shit. I am not saying this shit. shit. I'm too classy. I'm too yeah. fucking smart. I'm too well spoken. I'm not saying Hawkward lyrics. I will never be able to show my face in uh, I will never be able to show my face in public again if I say Hawkward lyrics or I'll do it better than Emu. But you know what? I own that. Okay. Own that I own that. Okay. 
Uh, for Hawkward Lyrics, we weigh in on nonsensical, strange, crazy, or bullshit song lyrics. Mm, there are some that are notable, but they don't deserve a whole spot on the show. Like those edgy bad boys of folk, Simon and Garfunkel, the song Cecilia. There's a real cringe fest for you. And, uh... <laughs> Dude, this is so... I mean, making love in the afternoon with Cecilia up in my bedroom. And it's like, okay, you know, at, at least they're being discreet. Fair enough. Yeah, oh, yeah, fair enough. You know, you're consenting adults. Yeah, I mean, and you got to admit, bedroom rhymes better with afternoon than kitchen counter or backseat of the car. So, you know, uh, bedroom, afternoon, yeah, okay. Everything is fine there, but then the narrator tells us what we do not need to know that he gets up to wash his face and he's like you know what we could have we could have done without that oh but it gets worse when he comes back to bed cecilia's just well i don't know someone's taken his place i mean cecilia is hardcore she's busy she's busy yeah this is this is coming from uh, simon and garfunkel here so i mean do you think it's okay to let your kids listen to the smut do you really (laughs) they look so nice i just want you to know what really lies beneath simon and garfunkel and the monkeys theme is really funny too it's just like we're the young generation and we got something to say now everybody knows the young generation don't have shit to say so (laughs) i mean come on See, we we bought that when we were kids. Just like today's featured song, the Steve Miller Band, Take the Money and Run. When you're a kid, you go, oh, yeah, you're singing along and singing along. But really, when I grew up, I started to analyze the lyrics a little bit. So it, it tells a nice narrative, so let me read through it. This is a story about Billy Joe and Bobby Sue. Two young lovers with nothing better to do than sit around the house, get high, and watch the tube. Well, I mean... I'm that sure, seems okay so I'm far. sure they could probably think of something, though. But here's what happened when they decided to cut loose. And I'm thinking, oh, great. They got jobs and contributed meaningfully to the benefit of mankind. I'm sure uh, people just sitting around smoking pot and watching TV magically are going to start benefiting mankind. Yeah, well, that's, that's just, I'm, I'm kind of an optimist like that. You, you are. Know? So they cut loose, and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, tell me what, what? Tell me more, tell me more. What happens next? They headed down to ooh, old El Paso. So they're going out of Texas now. That's where they ran into a great big hassle. Oh, you poor little darlings. What? What's wrong? What, happened? what could have befallen Billy Joe and Bobby Sue? Billy Joe shot a man while robbing his castle? Hmm. Bobby Sue took the money and run. And I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a second here. First of all, a hassle. This reminds me of that impudent little green shit, the man from Mars in Blondie's classic rapture he went back up to space so he wouldn't have a hassle with the human race rather than face the music after his brazen string of crimes which involves eating cars guitars bars and at least one person's head he doesn't want to oh he doesn't want to have to deal with the hassle after all of this mayhem and destruction no he goes back on up to space same as these two little bastards when they shoot the man and notice the choice of words here robbing his castle it almost sounds as if they're mocking the man yeah i mean yeah. it escalated quickly yeah now we've we've just gone to mocking just yeah. for my i mean that's rude i mean this is a sacred idea here the man's home is his castle it is sacrosanct from the billy joes and bobby sues of the world and uh to use that term i thought wow are we supposed to side with these two little vermin <laughs> you, you have to wonder but when you're a teenager you think this way it's kind of demented actually oh then the chorus, and this chorus is so engaging and so singable and so irresistible. Even though you loathe it, you want to sing along, go on, take the money and run. And you go, no, stop it, stop it, I don't want to sing, I don't want to be, go on, okay, okay, I'll take the money and run. We're encouraging it's, it's them. It's terrible, it's encouraging, yeah. I mean, the, the narrator's like, yeah, okay, 
You shot the dude, you better run. You better take that money and run. Not really? like, turn yourself in, you little shit. You know? Nope. They've already come so far, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just go ahead and yeah, run. Yeah, it just gets running. Okay. Oh, but it gets much, much worse. Billy Mack is a detective down in Texas. You know he knows just exactly what the facts is. Now, that's my kind of rhyme right there. <laughs> Texas facts is. That's a pea soup rhyme if ever I heard one. It's so true. I mean, I'm like, you know, you know. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> it's time for a thriller, a real killer dealer, Professor Pea Soup coming at you like a hip-hop Godzilla, an old fire-breathing dinosaur to show you what your mind is for. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's no joke, yo. I'm going to stop you out like you were straight up Tokyo. Okay, I mean... This is that kind of rhyme. This was my inspiration, I think, for writing that kind of no, stuff. No, I'm sorry. Yours are far superior. But I think it's adorable. But no, yours are far superior. Go, go on, please. Okay, so at least there's a light in the story. I mean, so far, it's a tragedy. Oh, no, you filth. You have to be brought to justice. And listen to this. Billy Mack, he ain't going to let those two escape justice. And I'm like, good. Well, he shouldn't. Fantastic. But then check this next line. He makes his living off of the people's taxes and it's like uh, okay uh, I they make him sound like a parasite <laughs> it's like I don't mind paying taxes to the Billy Max of the world to take scum like Billy Joe and Bobby Sue off the street that's fine with me so uh, Billy Mac is alright with me however it is clear that the diabolically inspired narrator wants us to favor Billy Joe and Bobby Sue and I'm still holding even with this twist, even with this ridicule and scorn heaped upon this faithful public servant, I am still hoping against hope that this story is going to end well. Alright. Bobby Sue, whoa, whoa, she slipped away. Ah, oh, greasy little bitch got out. Oh, man. Billy Joe caught up to her the very next day. Oh, please, not both of them. They got the money. Hey, you know, they got away. They headed down south and, and I'm thinking, okay, and Billy Mac shows up and they go down in a hail of gunfire like Bonnie and Clyde and hopefully the man of Mars is visiting at the time and he catches a few rounds too. No such luck. They headed down south. They're still running today singing, go on, take the money and run. Oh, this is horrendous. This is a, a, but when you're a kid, you're just singing la la la. It's like it's nothing. Well, that's some pretty awkward bullshit lyrics right there. A tragic tale of crime with no punishment. There are a lot of songs out there of that type, but this seemed like a particularly grievous example of glorification of criminality and vice and wickedness and the thumbing the nose at every convention and virtue and glorification of criminality and evil and every sort of vice and decadence and the emboldening of the future Charles Starkweathers of the world. Nice fucking going Steve Miller band. Okay. All for a hit single. I hope you're happy. I think they're pretty happy. You know what they did? They took the money and fucking <laughs> they took ran. the money and ran. That's right. And mine too. That's how stupid I. That's how stupid I was as a kid. Oh well, that was very, very, very awkward. I felt very awkward about those lyrics for sure. Now we are moving on to featured artist two, the Reed Brothers song two, and this one is "Heartbroken King." Now, I want to share a little bit of interesting information. Obviously, we mentioned that they're brothers, and uh, that's why they're called the Reed Brothers. And they've been playing for at least, I think, performing for at least 10 years now. And they're influenced by Buddy Guy, Miles Davis, Willie Nelson, Wilco, Ryan Adams, Foo Fighters, Whiskey Town, and Zach Brown Band. Now, many of those seem fairly obvious when you listen to this band. You'll hear some of those influences. And we'll talk a little bit about some of the other influences that I heard, and uh, we'll see the interesting connections emerge. Let me tell you about this song. 
So Heartbroken King, the opening chugging drew me in and the vocals came in and introduced the melody that feels familiar, kind of like an old friend, but is entirely original. The guitar solo is outrageous rock blues perfection and the key changes take you to places you didn't know you needed to go. Now let's talk about lyrical content. Again, the Reed brothers have a way of making the sad sound really, really good and poppy and peppy. So here's some of the lyrical content. Show me the right turns and show me where they lead. I'll be dreaming of tomorrow. Follow my dream to where I want to be, then maybe you'll look up to me. The good or the bad, what's meant to be, living the life of a heartbroken king. So very interesting lyrics. Obviously, a lot of introspection is happening. A lot of thoughts about a life lived, about experiences, about moments. And it is really, really powerful. Please enjoy Heartbroken King.
And now for feature three, a preen break. For this feature, we discuss bands that broke up, why, who started it, and the fans they left behind. And remember I alluded to the fact that we were going to be talking about R.E.M. later? Well, here it is. The band, R.E.M., the members, Michael Stipe, lead, Mike Mills, bass, Bill Berry, drummer, and Peter Buck on guitar. They formed in 1980 in Athens, Georgia, and they broke up in 2011. Now, what happened? Of course, there's speculation and there's official statements. Let's talk about the speculation. It is speculated that shakeups at the record label influenced the group's decision to disband. And if I recall correctly, they've been pretty vocal about the state of the music industry and how it's changed and how it's so different. Not necessarily saying that it's a bad thing, but saying that it is different. And it certainly is different than it has uh, been. Yeah, it's way different. <laughs> it is. And the official statement was, we needed, we needed to prove ourselves, not only to our fans and critics, but to ourselves, that we could make great records. And the official statement, too, is all things must end, and we wanted to do it right, to do it our way. Their final tour was a 2008 Accelerate tour. Sadly, I only enjoyed R.E.M. one time live, and I'm grateful that I had that, but sad that I will not have it again. Let's talk a little bit about the music, because R.E.M., while they make visually striking videos, now, David, I know that you're kind of at odds with videos, but the videos that R.E.M. has made, specifically like Losing My Religion and all that, have been just incredible works of art. So um, their videos are striking. So let's talk about the music. 1983's Murmur, Radio Free Europe, Talk, and About the Passion. I mean, come on, right out Radio of the gate. Radio Free Europe. <laughs> That's love right. It, love it. Yeah. Right out of the gate, right? Yep. 1984, Reckoning, So, Central Rain, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh. Don't go back, back to Rockville. Don't go back to Rockville. Great yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. So good. 1985 Fables of Reconstruction. I love that title. Can't Get There From Here, Driver 8 and Wendell G. 1986 Life's Rich Pageant. Love that title too. Fall yeah. On Me. Oh, Fall On Me is still gets me every time. Still so heartbreaking and beautiful. And Superman. 1987 document the one i love it's the end of the world as we know it and i feel fine and the finest work song 1988 green orange crush stand pop song 89 and get up 1991 out of time losing my religion shiny happy people near wild heaven and radio song do you remember that song hey 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 radio song <laughs> yeah say what say what hey hey Hey, I think it no, was with KRS One. No. The first two, I know. Yeah, he did it yeah. with KRS One. You have to—it's good. It's fun. I mean, it's a—it's a little hybrid. By the time you get up to this album, Out of Time, I was—I'm uh, not as familiar, except with the with the singles. But back in the day, I had a friend who liked weird music. I know. I <laughs> it is not fucking weird music. It's not saying it's weird, music. but he liked weird music. He liked weird movies and weird music, and he liked. Uh, songs about songs that cause you pain and rip your heart out and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, many of us do. Many of us <laughs> yeah, yeah. do. I know, I know. <laughs> but the early stuff, Murmur, Reckoning, I was really familiar with those. There's so many great tunes so in there, many. all the way up to Driver Eight. I remember that one playing quite well. A lot of people, uh, not a lot of people, but some people don't like it's the end of the world as we know it. It's a fantastic. It's song. a great song. It's uh, a great song. People just don't like great songs. I think sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> like there are a lot that of people who don't great. like Je uh, like starships. We built this city. I'm sorry. I, what is uh, bad about that song? Okay. That song makes me makes me like nauseated. Why does everybody hate that song? It's so stupid. That's why. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's one of the lamest songs in the entire world. You see, ever. it's it, the sickness is everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's in your head. Everybody, you, you are down with the sickness. I'm going to find somebody who, who loves that song like I do. I'm sorry. <laughs> I want you to find someone who loves "We Built This City." That is one of the most <laughs> disgustingly sad, sappy, gross, <laughs> like vomit-inducing songs ever made. What the <laughs> hell? I mean, you you, oh you talk God. about it as if it was a Frank Zappa song or something. I mean, I'm saying, you know, <laughs> if I had an issue with Frank Zappa, it'd be right up there. I'm just saying. So anyway, back to REM's <laughs> 1992, Automatic for the People, Drive, Man on the Moon, The Sidewinder, Sleeps Tonight, Everybody Hurts, Night Swimming, Night Swimming, oh, that song. Find the River, 1994, What's the Frequency, Ken? <laughs> Uh, Bang and Blame, which is a great song if you haven't heard it. Strange Currencies, Crush with Eyeliner, oh, that song, and Tongue. 1996, New Adventures of Hi-Fi, Ebo in the Letter, Bittersweet Me, Electrolyte, How the West Was Won, and Where It Got Us. 1998, Day Sleeper and Lotus, and at my most beautiful... Oh, and then Suspicion. Those three songs, Day Sleeper, Lotus, and At My Most Beautiful, are three of like the key songs that I have on every playlist if I am doing like a road trip. You just uh, have to listen to whoa. those three every time. Now, My Most Beautiful is a sappy, beautiful song. It's just really, really sappy. And I love it. And it's gorgeous in its start. So there are some beautiful tracks on each one of these and some fun poppy peppy tracks, but uh, I just love those three songs. 2001 Reveal, Imitation of Life, All the Way to Reno, You're Gonna Be a Star, I'll Take the Rain. 2004 Around the Sun, Leaving New York, Aftermath, Electron Blue and Wanderlust. 2008 we're almost done folks but i can't leave any of this out because rem is such an inspiration 2008 accelerate supernatural super serious great song hollow man man-sized wreath until the day is done and then 2011 collapse into now now this is a record that was never played live but it had it happened today mine smell like honey uberlin oh my heart and discover and now now that I've talked about their amazing catalog of work that spans so many years, no wonder they felt like, hey, mission accomplished. All of those great songs, all of those great records, just absolutely transformative in so many ways to me. They taught me so many, so much about music because I feel like they really mix so many genres. They're not any one thing, which I really, really liked about them. I still can't put them in a category. People will call them rock. People will call them, you know, pop. I, I, I don't know. I don't know where to put them. They're kind of rock alternative. They're kind of pop rock alternative. I just love that. I love that they are genre bending, if you will. And where are they now? Well, Michael Stipe released two solo songs in 2019 one is your capricious soul and the other is drive to the ocean both are magnificent songs i spent some time listening to them a couple times your capricious soul there is a video that is rather striking and it's just really a, a single shot and i actually that can be so it, effective it right was disconcerting because it's like a it's like kind of like a, a younger girl and i'm just like why are you staring at me it's so disconcerting but it's so impactful but it was really really good so i really encourage you Yes, REM is done. They are not likely to get back together again. They feel like they have done what they needed to do. But Michael Stipe just came out with new music. Go out and listen to his stuff. If you loved him in REM, you're going to love him on his own doing some solo stuff.
So anyway, it is a preen break, and it wasn't a bad break. It wasn't they all hate each other, and they hope for I hate death. those stories. Yeah. yeah. And, and, oh, you can't use my name, and you can't perform this. Like, all that shit. Oh, taking you to court. This is a beautiful breakup. <laughs> well, it would be embarrassing for a bunch of hippy dippies to have a, uh, an acrimonious split like True. that. True, it know? really would have been. So uh, <laughs> it was a preen break. It was a good break. It was a loving break, and it was a break because they did what they set out to do. Please don't, don't tell me I'm up to a song now. You're up to a song. Oh, wow. Yes, it well, is good because yes. I love the Dewberry stuff. You know? They are actually really. Really a great band. I spent some time listening to them because I knew they were going to be on the show. I am delighted that they are one of our two featured artists because they are very gifted. Oh, they certainly are. A little trivia about them. But first, when we originally set out to do an Americana episode, the Dewberries and the other act that first came to mind was Du Bois Dorino, an artist with whom I've worked extensively, including in Boyhead Soup. He's the boy in Boyhead Soup. And the Malo Warriors, and also a larger group called the Traveling Snarkberries, which is his, him and Bobby Gilbert, the Snarks, and the Dewberries. Uh, they together make up a group called the Traveling Snarkberries. And they're kind of Americana-esque, as is some of his solo stuff. And uh, it turns out I couldn't put them on the show because we're only doing the Reed Brothers and the Dewberries, but we know you love that, so... Now, we've already heard from the Dewberries two songs that feature the lovely lead vocals of Paula, but occasionally we get John Reagan singing lead, as in the case of this next song. But before I play that one, I want to play one from the aforementioned retro album, which is the only one without an apostrophe in place of a G. Selling out? Uh, losing their Americana cred? No way! They no were way. just showing. They were just showing the breadth of their talent and taste and influences. And one of the songs on there, the one that kicks off the album, in fact has an incredible psychedelic sound very similar to 60s pop acid rockers Jefferson Airplane, who later on would become Starship and do that absolutely awesome song, We Built Worst This City. Song ever. <laughs> Vomit-inducing. <laughs> Unbelievable. The things you learn about your friends. I mean, you know, they're, they're just... Yeah, their you, lack of taste in a certain genre, a certain area of music. And I've learned that tonight, and that's okay, David. Don't you remember? Come uh, on, you know you want to sing it. I don't. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I could, and then I just might vomit. I don't want to do that. <laughs> All right. Well, here's a very brief clip to show you some of the flavor of their retro album. And, again, the eclectic nature of this largely Americana band, and we're thankful for that. This one is called I'm Gonna Make It There, featuring John Reagan on lead vocals. So don't you worry, I'm not coming my guitar, won't keep strumming a song, it leads to where I'm gonna make it there I'm gonna make it there Alright, brief samples aside, this one is going to knock you out. When I heard this, I thought, you know what? If somebody told me this was a bonus track on a Tom Petty CD reissue or box set or something like that, I would totally believe it. John absolutely nails, not, I'm sure he's not trying, but he sounds like Tom Petty on this song. And it's a Tom Petty kind of a song, too. And I think you're really going to love this one called You Got a Lot to Learn About Love. I've got a few suggestions I'll give you special training Take notes of what I'm saying You got a lot to learn A 
about love, you got a lot to learn. About love, you got a lot to learn. About love, I'm good at social studies. We could be homework buddies. Let's try it out sometime. I think your grades might climb. You got a lot to learn. About love, you got a lot to learn. About love, you got a lot to learn. About love, you might learn a little bit about how to study when the lights are out with me. I'll show you how to multiply, subtract, and divide your Feature number four, Hell Yes or Oh Hell No. The results are in. This is the audience participation part. Well, we'll do it with or without. <laughs> but we want to do it we with you. Wa- yes, we want it. We, oh, we, we would know what to do. We'd be here lost. We'd be yes, sitting here we lost. Yes, we need you. We need you. Yeah. Uh, for this feature, we consider bands or artists and determine if we're advocates for them. Hell Yes or detractors. Oh, no. Hell no. We also ask for your opinions on the band or artist and... Share the results, and <laughs> I'm not surprised. The results on this one are even more gut-wrenching than I thought. 100% of the respondents said hell yes to Tool. That's the band in question this week. No hell no's, no neutrals. Nobody even had to think about it. Nope. And I, I have to admit, I was not particularly familiar with Tool. I remember seeing one time a video for the song Sober. So good. Uh, so bad. So incredible. <clears throat> and this is this was my impression of the time. I thought, that is the bleakest, most disgusting thing ever. I'm going to try to ignore that and just listen to the music, and that was even worse. So I thought, okay, this is a band I never want to hear ever again. But all flash forward all the way. I don't even know when that was, but it was a long time ago. Flash forward to the present day, and we're doing the show, and I'm going to do my due diligence 
just like we're up here at 10 minutes to 5 in the morning doing a show for you, I will even listen to I listen to long playlists of people, and I've discovered some great ones like Smiths and everything. Uh, in this case, what my initial impression of Tool from the video from all those years ago, I thought was so bad. Now, when I gave a good run through their catalog, a specific playlist that Christina sent me on Spotify, sorry, on Spotify, on a certain digital streaming platform. <laughs> And I have to say, these guys are really good at making god-awful music. Uh, to me, I mean, with all due respect to Mary Poppins, she only thought supercalifragilisticexpialidocious sounded quite atrocious because she never heard Tool. Uh, I don't, I totally don't What is get atrocious it. about them? Uh, their entire stuff. It doesn't even make any sense. That doesn't. You like prog, you like rock, you like good male vocals. It has all of that. It, it doesn't ha- even it make any fucking vocals. sense. Does Maynard Keen does Maynard James Keenan have something on you? Like he must have had on everybody in Tool to let him sing because I don't think he's a good singer. That is such bullshit. Wow. Maynard has the most amazing, commanding, beautiful, crazy deep voice, and it will tear your fucking heart out. Clearly, you were dropped on your head as a child. I'm not really <laughs> sure that all of your musical taste buds were torn from you at some point and replaced with just bullshit because respondents said, best band ever, duh. Hell fuck yeah, there's no one even close to their level, each a master of his own craft. Amazing, hell fucking yes, hell yeah, hell yeah, love them. Tool is dope. Best band ever. The American Led Zeppelin Pink Floyd, undeniably fantastic. Fuck yes. Keep going. Been saying it for years. Best band ever. Goat. Nuff said. Fuck yes. Best to ever do it. Head down. Eyes closed. Duh. Best band to ever exist. Oh hell to the yes. I'm sorry. What the fuck are you talking about? What were you listening to? You do realize that that many people would say the same thing about Oasis, too, and you don't get them that at all. That is not correct. That, that is a Oasis has way... This is a very different set of people listening to this music. There are people who I consider discerning, which until this unfortunate moment in our friendship, I thought you were as well. I tried. Until I really did. You know, moment. I even said to myself, I'm going to listen to it as if it were a new Soundgarden record or a new Metallica record or as a new anything that I like record and I still I thought you know because when you hear something new by somebody you've already got a you know a big investment in and somebody you love you do hear it with a little bit of uh, you know a little bit of favor I tried I just couldn't stand it, it was, I thought you it couldn't was, stand what about it? this is what our listeners I don't, want I to don't know. see a lot of what melody is in it? are you fucking kidding me well the vocals are so bad that to me and uh, I, I really tried and the melody is like I don't like that bellowing so and caterwauling it's so many people are just like and we're done good night professor have a good evening they're just like I'm out man wow because tool because schism I folks I gave him schism I gave him the pot. I gave him 46 and 2. I gave him fucking 46 and 2. And they're all, they're they're nodding going, Oh, they're going, fuck yeah. Oh my God, are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me and you didn't like them? What the fuck? I mean, I'm serious. I I really tried. I really tried. I don't, I mean, Stink Fist. I gave Stink Fist, as I mentioned. I'm just, there was, uh, clearly there's no helping this man. I don't know what (laughs) to tell you. 
I just want you to know I'm on your side. I'm in your corner. I get it. I heard it. It's brilliance. Then there's a perfect circle. Then there's Pussifer. It just gets better. And Maynard, if you ever hear this, I, I, for the moment in which he said mean things about you, I don't know him. I know people like that kind of vocal, but I, it, I just don't. I mean, I don't, I don't get it. It makes no sense to me. I prefer a little music in my music, and I just don't see it. I, when I hear these, ex- I heard these exalted things. I hear nothing that even remotely justifies that. It's so strange. But we built this city's good. I'm just sorry. I'm just. I'm sorry. <laughs> that might have. This I'm might be scared. unfortunate this timing is, for that to come out. Yeah. Okay. All right. That might not have been uh, the most fortuitous turn of events. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. So I think you're going to have. A, there might be some backlash. It may be silent backlash, but I don't know. Um, I know. In, you know. In certain circles, this is the sort of thing that they want and uh in discerning circles which you are a discerning person i i've heard your taste in music you love yes you love crimson you love lots of hard rock you also love a lot of cheese and it isn't that it's too aggressive amazing i don't i don't mind mind the most aggressive music imaginable it just isn't terribly musical to me you know it's a strange thing what it sounds like to me is you know that feeling when you know like you're sick or drunk and probably sick you know you're going to throw up eventually, and you know it isn't that far off, and you're kind of going to be relieved when it's over, but it's not a great feeling when you're heading that way. If you were to capture that in music, it would be like Tool to me. You know, that's <laughs> I'm sorry. That is how people feel about what you just said about Tool. <laughs> they're all sick right now. They're very concerned for you. They're probably going to, you know what I think they're going to do is I think, and I will, uh, you know, after the show, folks, contact me. I'll give you his address. You can send him all the singles of We Built This City that you can find. <laughs> and he can just listen to it on repeat. Just I'll take forever. I don't actually have it in my collection. No, well, way. no, I, I don't. No. Well, I have you know. in one of my old uh, co- re- retro compilation records, I do have, uh, what's that one from Mannequin? Uh, oh, um, nothing's going to stop us now. Come on, oh, you, come on, you no. heathens. You hate that too, don't you? Oh, my God. And you hate Tool. I just don't. I can't. <laughs> you guys, I don't even know what to tell you. I don't. I don't. Uh, I I should start I dropping know. my papers right around. Now. Oh, and there they go. <laughs> I, I swear, I didn't plan on it. Just oh, like, my God. Well, Heading folks, for the exits, folks. I'm yeah. telling you right now, I'm with you. Tool is fucking king. They're incredible. And Maynard, that voice, there's nothing like that voice. I just... As the first time I ever heard it, I heard Sober, I saw the video, I was completely in. I thought, who the fuck are these people? I, I really wanted to see what Maynard looked like. <laughs> Just It's one of those things because he had this amazing voice, and so I had to see what he looked like. And I was like, all right, that's it. And now we're back to the hawk. Well, I don't know if we're kind of hawking. Now we're kind of dreads, I think. I'm not sure. But tool all the way, man. Fucking tool forever. I'm with you guys. I don't know what to say for my co-host today. I'm just... I'm sad for him mostly. Well, mostly I won't. Sad. I won't spoil any surprises. Uh, this is a no spoiler situation, but I might have a chance to redeem myself later in this show. All right. Well, at least you're honest. <laughs> I'm just still sad. It's just such a sad moment for I'm me. Sorry. Wait, wait. I tried so hard to, you guys. I'm telling you, made him a private playlist. Never, never bring down the host during the show. <laughs> All right. Well. We heard you. Now, now this will be, watch, this will be a test of her professionalism. Even receiving a blow like that, I predict she will rebound and sally forth with a stiff upper lip. I, sh- I have keep to. Keep calm and carry on. And all those British cliches 
Well, I think it might be time for you to, yes. having, uh, having kind of begun at least to scratch the surface of my feelings about Tool, uh, let's move on to the next song by your featured artist that you're handling. I will, yes. Um, as you said, I will Danny carry it on. Yes, Tool fans, I did just name drop Danny Carey saying I will carry on. Yeah, because I'm that fucking cool. So anyway, Danny Carey's the drummer in Tool. Oh. Okay, we better get off the Tool before people just stop listening. <laughs> they love that stuff. They love to go, did you the fucking guys Yeah, with that fucking guy said, yeah, this is water cooler talk, folks. You go ahead and you take it to work and go, you don't even understand. This David fucker, he has no clue. But Christina schooled that motherfucker. All right, all right, all right. We're moving on. We're moving on. Before it gets crazy up in here. All right, so we're moving on to feature artist two, song three. This is the Reed Brothers. The song is Hammer Down. Now, a little bit about... I like to give you little factoids as I continue to talk about their music. So in this case, they are very charitable. They support lots of causes that are close to their heart. On their music page, I saw music programs, food banks, and GoFundMes that benefit fellow artists. So they're very charitable. It was very cool to see. And you could go back in their history and you will continue to find things that they're doing to help others. So about this song, so Hammer Down. I feel a ZZ Top vibe in this song that I am in love with as a huge ZZ fan. That's not to say that there's not, that there's, well, that's not to say that there's anything more than a nod, but it oozes that same crunchy, bluesy feel that is undeniably infectious. Let's talk about the lyrical content. We have mentioned that they tend to have some sad lyrics. These are, these are still a little on the sad side, but really good. I've said it all before, I'll say it again, if you're doing me wrong, baby, I'll do you in. Nothing's gonna bring me down, baby, you're knocking me out, please don't take it slow, I've got the hammer down to the flow. Now, they didn't say flow, but I couldn't help myself. So they should have. They yeah. should have well, said flow. Again, the artist, the artist always gets it right, but this is one case we wish they got it wrong again. <laughs> exactly. So this is a really, really great song. I think you're really going to enjoy it just as much as you did the other two. It's a little bit different, but again, different is good. And when it comes to the Reed Brothers, there is just a rich tapestry of music to choose from. Go ahead and chew on Hammer Down.
Alright, it's time for feature five already. History Strikes Back. And for this feature, we travel back in time. Bum, 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 to a particular year to review bands, music, charts, and pop culture for a randomly selected year. And once again, I fed the numbers 1955 to 2000 into the random number generator, and it spit out a truly wondrous thing. 1979. Uh, dinosaurs like me are prone to say that the 70s, man, that was the greatest decade of all in popular music, which of course it was. Uh, uh, yes, I know, the Beatles and the Doors and all those guys recorded in the 60s. That's true. However... The sheer bulk of the grandiosity of the 70s. And this is the last year of the 70s, and there was still so much. Things were changing a little bit, but man, there's a lot of epic here. Uh, Middle of the road, and album rock, and everything in between. And I know so many of these are going to resonate. 41 years later, many of these songs are known by the current generation. True musical immortality. Now, I won't be around in 41 years, but I feel confident nobody will be using Drake songs, and I use the term loosely, in advertisements or films, unless they're films about the dark ages of music. But before we get to the music, let's look at some other things that were going on in the 70s last gasp. The top national headline was Three Mile Island. No doubt you've heard about that. Leak of radioactive steam at the Three Mile Island power plant near Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. is the worst nuclear accident in U.S. history. That was 1979. Um, great year for movies. Top motion pictures, 1979. Best picture, Kramer versus Kramer. Which, okay, I never saw it, but I'm sure it was great. It's so good. It's <laughs> so good. Star Trek, the motion picture. The Jerk. A little Steve Martin action. There you go. Rocky 2, and, wait for it, Alien. Yes, all of that, 1979. Top television shows were absolutely iconic, all of them. Uh, 60 Minutes, Three's Company, MASH, Alice, and, little homonym here for you, Dallas. Yes, who shot JR? The UN. UNR. Well, I used to watch Dallas all the time. <laughs> Love that show. Did you watch, like, Falcon Crest and No, Dynasty? no, just Dynasty yeah, and Dallas. Dallas and Dynasty. Of, I didn't do any of that, but I loved... Larry Hagman from <laughs> Dream of Genie. <laughs> so I, you'd uh, think I would make the transition, but I didn't go there. No, I did. I was all suckered into that Dynasty in Dallas thing. All right, in the theater, the biggest hit of the Great White Way in 1979 was Evita, the Andrew Lloyd Webber Tim Rice musical, bringing Argentina to Broadway and uh, later on to become a film, of course. And anybody who doesn't think Madonna can act can suck it and they can watch this movie and they'll change their mind, okay? Uh, but yes, uh, Evita on Broadway, big hit that year. And the biggest novel was The Matter East Circle by Robert Ludlum. You know Robert Ludlum, the guy who wrote 37.5% of all espionage fiction ever written. But what about the music? Oh, lordy, the music. So many, 41 years, folks. So many of these titles are just going to, ah, they're going to shake you. You're going to start singing them. You're going to start living in them because they're still here with us. And uh, here we go. Number one singles in the United States and the UK, and you're going to know most of them. La Freak by Chic. What's Ooh. up? And hey, folks, he doesn't like this to be known. Hopefully he'll never hear this. But our very own Octane, with whom Christina just recorded a single. Uh, worked with Nile Rodgers of Chic. So. Oof, Nile Rodgers is a legend. He's a legend, right? Oh, my God. Rod Stewart. Do you think I'm sexy? Do you think I'm sexy? Oh, I love that song. And wait for it. Are you ready? Gloria Gaynor. First I was afraid. I was petrified. Kept thinking I could never live without you by my side. But then I spent so many nights thinking how you done me wrong. Oh, my Lord. How long are we? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I could go all day with I that. I will survive. All right, that was 1979. And 
Everybody knows this song still today. Everybody. Bee Gees, Tragedy. Doobie Brothers, What a Fool Believes. Oh, these songs. Oh. And a Blondie, Heart of Glass. Ooh. Donna Summer. Looking for some hot stuff, baby, this evening. I want some hot stuff, baby, tonight. That's right. That was the 70s, baby. All right, Bad Girls again, Donna Summer. How about Ooh. that? My Sharona, The Knack. We Wait, talked about that. Yeah, we just that. talked about that. And, of course, the king of pop himself, Michael Jackson. Don't stop till you get enough, you know. Whatever that line is. It's time. Yeah, we gotta we gotta Google that shit because nobody knows what that is. Nobody knows. And of course, another song we talked about we did earlier, pop music. We won't have to sing that one again or shake that one again. M's pop music, and the Eagles. Incredible follow-up to Hotel California with the album The Long Run. We'll get to the albums in a, in a minute, but that contains the single Heartache Tonight. Oh, yeah. It's gonna be a heartache, heartache tonight. A heartache tonight, I know. Oh. Talk about singable songs. That was hilariously represented in Wayne's World. Uh, Wayne's World 2, I believe, wasn't it? YMCA, Village People. That's come right. on. Uh, you know come on. you love that song. You know you've danced to it. You know you, you love danced it. to it. Just and own it. It ain't a guilty pleasure for it me. Ain't. I'll tell anybody I'll tell I love anybody. that song. I'll straight up do it right now. I will. I will. I, I don't know the steps exactly. And that was in the UK, YMCA. Also, uh, bigger on that side of the pond, uh, Ian Dury and the Blockheads. Hit me with your rhythm stick. You know that one? Oh, nope. great song. Uh, Gary Newman, Cars. Oh, Here I love in my car. Oh, you have a tambourine, too. Oh, yeah. I should have pulled that out. You should have, yeah. And I could have done the little, you know. The police message in the bottle. And this was actually to become the first video ever on MTV two years later in 1981. But in 1979, video killed the radio star. Now, who is that? Trevor Raymond or Jeff Downs? One of the guys that would later be in Yes. Trevor Horn. Trevor Horn. Sorry. He was in Yes, though, right? Yes. He Every, was who the, the fuck wasn't in Yes besides know. us, you know? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think we're the only two. Yeah, I think, I think we're it. And it's, it's our turn. You it know? is our fucking our turn. They need some young blood. You know? Come on. All right, walking on the moon again. The police, oh, gosh, and of good. course, only oh, know you're just a not a brick in the wall. Yeah. All right, number one, the Cure. Boys don't cry. <gasps> oh, that was my introduction ah, to there the you Cure. Go. Boys don't cry. Oh, such a good song. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. No pills gonna kill my ears. Robert Palmer, classic, classic. Ah, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Refugee. Oh, Michael Jackson again, Rock With You. Ramones. I want to be sedated. I want to be sedated. Speaking of sedated, you're probably still wondering, man, that tank of nitrous has got to be still half full because she's going strong. It's 5 o'clock in the morning, and they know how late it is and everything. And we're sitting here. We're not skipping over this. We're singing these damn songs. We're what singing these damn us? songs. Whatever it is that we're on, they're going to want to buy it. They're going to want to bottle that and buy it. They're going to buy it. Uh, oh, Classics. I want you to want me. Cheap Trick live at Budokan. And, of course, that same year, I was made for loving you, baby. You were made for loving me. I got you to sing Kiss. Yes. Hey, I love that song. That's there you song. go. All right. But I'm uh, not going to be able to get him to sing fucking Tool. I'm just saying. Uh-oh. And 
on a slightly sadder note, um, she believes in me by Kenny Rogers, who oh we my God, recently we lost. You know that song, that voice. Ugh, he is missed. Uh, the albums of that year. We'll get back to him in just a second. The albums of that year: Candy O by the Cars. Their mm. second. Highway to Hell, ACDC. The last one before the Brian Johnson era. We'll be maybe talking about that later. Uh, the B-52's debut, 1979. You think of them as an 80s band, but they actually came out right in 1979, and then the rest of their stuff was the 80s. They just barely scratched the 80s. It's like we think of a lot of bands as 70s bands who really started in 69, like Led Zeppelin or anything. All right. Bob Dylan, Slow Train Coming, with Mark Knopfler on guitar. You gotta serve somebody. Serve somebody. Oh, beautiful stuff. All right. Live Killers by Queen. The live album from Queen on the jazz tour. This is the tour that I saw, and uh, they. this is the set they did. So, so want, jelly. Uh, the long run, as we said, the Eagles follow up to Hotel California. Blondie, eat to the beat. Great classic Blondie album. Joe Jackson made his debut Ooh. with Look Sharp and our boys, Van Halen Van 2. Halen. Van Halen 2, 1979. You know, uh, when you were around way back then, it's inevitable that people who touched you through their records would start to pass away all the way up here in 2020. And from this countdown alone, we lost two of the three BGs, Michael Jackson, Freddie Mercury, and most recently, Kenny Rogers. And... Uh, even more recently still, just a couple days ago, Steve Priest of The Sweet, or later known simply as Sweet, bass and lead vocals sometimes. They were a fantastic band and known by just about everybody in the world, at least for these classic songs, Little Willie, Fox on the Run, Love is Like Oxygen, and the immortal Ballroom Blitz. And you're hearing... You're hearing it in your head already, the snappy military snare of Mick Tucker, over which the shrill and manic voice of lead vocalist Brian Connolly asks the band about their state of preparedness and (laughs) begins with the late Mr. Priest. Are you ready, Steve? And you know what he said. Uh Uh-huh. Well, thank you, Steve Priest, and the rest of the suite for all the great rockin'. And thanks to Hillrant for recommending we say a few words about the passing of this great rocker. All right, it's time for one last song from the Dewberries, from their wonderful and most recent album, Pick and Shovel. This one was personally chosen by Paula Jones, and this one is called There's a Saiyan, with an apostrophe. Don't look back 
If you're mistaken The bold facade you wear could start to crack And if you're honest with yourself number six concerts to crow about and i know you're thinking well david's going to start talking again right because he's got all these crazy amazing shows nope this time i'm actually going to crow about a concert and what is this feature well for this feature we share our most memorable concert experiences and one of many i've seen so many the good fortune to see so many great concerts i want to talk to you about muse today so I have seen Muse on three different tours, their Absolution Tour, wow. Black Holes and Revelations, and their Psycho Tour. So uh, two of those tours, Absolution and Black Holes and Revelations, were in Arizona when I lived there. And then, sadly, at the now completely gone and just devastatingly demolished Irvine Meadows. That oh, was the last time no. I saw them on their Psycho Tour. What can I say about Muse? So... I saw them on their Absolution tour in a couple of little tiny places. Number one, I don't even remember what it was called. I want to say it was called something ballroom, but I could be wrong. But there they were on the stage of what kind of looked like almost like a, a high school, <laughs> a high school like lunch area that they have fashioned in it had like a maybe it had like a stage but there was just a bunch of empty space and you could walk outside and 
there they were playing their hearts out and no one is really standing there. There might be like 12 people and people are just milling around. And there I am and there's Bruce and we are just floored by what we're hearing. And we're thinking we know they're going to be huge. We know it. Even though no one's listening to them, the brilliance was already there. And Absolution is still my favorite album ever. Now I've noticed that too. Some of the initial albums that bands put out often are my favorite, or at least, well, at least among my favorites anyway. Absolution is probably my favorite Muse album. And this tour was amazing, though very understated in a small little nasty club that no one was really paying attention to the band. But those who know good music and those who know true artistry saw what was about to happen. And that's why you continue to follow them and you follow them to Black Holes and Revelations. Now, by this time, they're starting to finally catch on and you feel like, oh, my boys are getting their just desserts now. But still, I believe this is the tour we got to see them in the round. Now, if you have not listened to Muse, you have to. Matt Bellamy is absolutely incredible. He is a virtuoso. He can play a piano, he plays guitar, he writes, he sings, and that voice, this epic voice that I have never heard on a male vocalist. So we're there and it's in the round. And here's this tiny little man. He's so small. He's this small little petite guy, larger than life on stage. And I'm just going to tell you what it was like for me. No judgments. So what it was like for me is I, I am sitting now, we're probably, I think no one is further than like 20 rows away from them. Okay, it's this tiny little place. And I am hearing this music that's filling this place up and I'm watching him. Now, I, I'm, where we are, he is playing piano and his back is to us. And I think he was wearing suspenders, if I remember correctly. And this sound was coming out of his mouth and this sound was coming from the band and, and what he was playing with such conviction and the motions he was doing with his body, it felt so like I was in church. I just, I was in, I was a hundred percent gone. I was lost in the moment. And in that moment, he became a Christ-like figure. I thought, oh my God, we must take care of this sweet little man. We must get his music out to everyone. We must tell everyone how amazing he is. We must preach about this music. It really got to me. And I, I know that there were many times where I was teary that's how powerful this music is and this moment was and you know he was sweaty and he was exhausted but he gave every single thing he had he gave it all to that crowd that night i've never quite seen anything like that yeah uh, concerts in the round are amazing i saw yes in the round mm. on the uh, tornado tour that was concerts in the round uh, you don't see them that often but you they're don't. great when you do and, uh, you know, I'm not, I swear I'm not pandering. I'm not trying to redeem myself, as I alluded to earlier. I'm not trying to save face and uh, avoid the, uh, the counseling by email and uh, all the, the messages like, dude, you need help, bro. I'm, but this is honestly how I feel. Now, I know Muse was big because if they reached me in my, you know, time capsule, then they, they obviously had made it big. I never really heard them, but of course, again, for the show, I did listen to them. And now this is 
Everything she said about Tool that was totally wrong applies to Muse. They're fantastic. I absolutely love them. I, I immediately said, okay, now I get what people see in this band. This is a great group. Now, I listened to a whole bunch of their songs, and they really are as great as they say, and I'm awfully glad they made I'm glad. I'm not saying I didn't want the other guys to make it. I, I want wish everybody success and to find their audiences, just that they keep their hellacious noise away from me. But Muse, I welcome. They are terrific. So here is one. You know, Christina is totally batting a thousand when it comes to movie recommendations. Uh, every film, despite how extremely leery I was in the beginning, uh, turned out to be great. But the music, eh, you know, we're not exactly uh, meshing on all the gears here. But uh, Muse, hell yes, Muse is great. I got a hand it to you for That's this one. So just because you're just missing some, CDs. yeah, something, I I, something, something I'm missing, but out. I don't miss everything. There, whatever, no, whatever piece of my uh, my psyche or my soul is missing that makes me not able to relate to Tool's bleak, dreary noise uh, is doubled up when it comes to celebrating you this. Are not helping she said yourself. this before. She's a three piece rock. This isn't. This is what I would call a an honest to goodness rock band. I wouldn't know what to call bands like Tool and Bush. Honestly, I wouldn't, you know. But Did you say Tool and Bush in the same sentence? Well, they're the what in they're the all the same to me. They're not. <laughs> oh my god, you you need to stop talking. <laughs> you see my fingers? Stop. Oh, you mean you mean Tool and Bush aren't like the same kind of group? Oh <laughs> Bruce is Bruce has got his head in his hands right now listening Bruce to this. Bruce right now is writing a, a very angry email to He's the like, Pope. In no, Bruce. no, this, this guy's beyond hope. By yeah. the way, if you want to say some shit to David for a shitty taste, it's both on air at gmail.com. Yeah, Christina's the only one that reads the emails. That's correct. <laughs> I actually do. You know what? I'm going to make a point of stopping in from now on. Now that I'm not doing butterflies and hurricanes anymore, I will check into the both email more. So right, and you can see if you're being you know verbally chastised for your and, poor and choices. I, and I fully expect I will be. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you love Muse. Muse is a, an incredible band and they deserve all the success they've had and then more. This is one of those bands that I would love to tour with. I'm not going to say the other band because I don't want to hear any shit about it. <laughs> I'm move on with my life because people already are burning like, you know, pictures in effigy and things. So I, I don't want to I don't want to go there. But anyway, there's one of those one of those groups. I yeah, get one it, of yeah. those groups. Yeah. So, you know what? Now we are going on uh, to... By the way, one oh. more thing. That is a great example of what I've been saying for years on Butterflies and Hurricanes. Always watch the friggin' band. If there's a band on, watch them. They could be your favorite band next year, and you had a chance to watch them, and uh, you just you didn't know who they were. Well, you don't know exactly. Find out who they are. Watch every band, and you'll get some incredible surprises and uh, treasured memories. I mean, you know, up-and-comings like Muse and uh absolutely so yeah that she it paid off because she's a real music lover and you know loyal to the game uh just like we're being loyal to the game here at quarter to six quarter in the to morning. six in the morning and we're still recording this damn show and there's the sun hello it's not a damn show it's a great show I, 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 you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> and the sun is starting to rise yes, the burning is. orb of misery <laughs> is approaching the horizon and we're still doing this now ordinarily i would be scrambling to cover my to lie on top of some of the dirt of my home Home soil in New York, but uh, and uh, black out the windows and hide from the orb. But here we are doing the show. That's because we love you. Because we love you. However, we're getting near the end, so there is hope. Perhaps the rays, the rays of the orb, will not strike me. (laughs) Perhaps. Perhaps. So that takes us to the last song by featured artist number two, the Reed Brothers. This song is called "Down Below." 
Now here's another interesting fact. Remember before I said they gave me a ZZ Top feel? Yeah. Well, it's because they actually do ZZ Top tribute. So in February, they performed a tribute to ZZ Top. And no, they don't have the long beards. But I told you I could hear it. And then I heard the song. and I thought, oh, there it is. And then I saw that they did this. And it all made sense. So very interesting. If you got it, use it, right? Although, remember what I said about tribute bands? Yeah. Oh, yes. I'm ZZ sitting here Top, biting my tongue, you know. ZZ Top is still alive and making music and, and going out and touring. So, you know, I, you know how I feel about it, folks. I don't have to relive it. Go back and listen to that episode. But, you know, do your thing, Reed Brothers. Do your thing. So, song highlights. This slower offering oozes soulful blues that bring a tear to my eye. We've all been down below. This song allows you to revel in that moment while giving you hope. The emotional vocal delivery lets you know that this is an autobiographical song and it is incredibly raw. Here are some of the lyrics from down below. Beat up heart, a busted soul, a cast iron lung, never felt so old. You know it hurts so bad when you're down below. A broken window, a beat up car, a nail in your tire, nothing left in your home. You know it hurts bad when you're down below. So, again, these really, really tough lyrics, you know, or at least, you know, kind of emotional, um, you know, again, autobiographical. I'm going through this and you're really walking through this with them. They put it all out there and it is really expertly done. Enjoy down below our final offering from the Reed Brothers.
empty house Alone in your bed Got holes in your pockets Lost everything you had You know it hurts so bad When you're down For the war Then you came back home There's nobody there Man, you felt so alone You know it hurts so bad When you're down We're out of songs, we're out of themes, we're out of everything except for the revelation of the theme for the next episode of The next episode of I Almost Said It Birds of a Feather. That's what I was going to say. No, that's not what I was going to say. That's not what you were going to say. All right, and this time it's another free bird. This time it's Punk Rock! Oi! 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 And uh, what what could be more fun and wonderful than punk? Come on, everybody loves punk. The classic punk bands include the Ramones, Black Flag, the Sex Pistols, Patti Smith, Green Day, probably a little newer than that, the Clash, the Stooges, yeah, the Buzzcocks, Bad Religion, some of the current crop, none of which I've heard of, I have to admit, Sheer Mag, Lead Dispute, Taco Cat, G-L-O-S-S, Destruction Unit, Downtown Boys, Gorilla Toss, and... Tenement and RVIVR. Reviver. Oh, Reviver it is. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm sure they're wonderful. Now, sometimes you get tempted to say, okay, they can't do punk anymore, and you hear utter horse shit like Blink-182 or Bowling for Soup or something like that. But, of sure, there's great new punk. So, we know Sheena is a punk rocker. The question is, are you? And if you are... Find us an indie punk rock band, and you can send them to the email that was mentioned in that utterly hateful and malicious bid to harass me for simply having a difference of opinion. Okay. Yes, the wrong. Of course, it's the wrong opinion. She's the arbiter of taste for the whole universe. Of course, it's the wrong opinion. All of our listeners can't be wrong. They could be actually. They aren't. They're probably twelve, and they're all wrong. Okay. There's a lot more than twelve. I know. I know. Okay. So, punk rock. 
next free bird edition of Birds of a Feather. And the email is, which I forgot to say because I was so caught up in the uh, the campaign that was being waged against me, uh, both B O A F on air at gmail.com. <laughs> B O A F on air at gmail.com. So because you waged a war against Tool. I waged a war against some band who's never heard of me, and now my own best friend is sicking the hounds of hell on me, you know. <laughs> I didn't have to actually sick them on you. They were coming. I, I know they were. They were coming. Because Tool fans are like that. Right? <laughs> oh, my fucking God. <laughs> hey, you know, if Tool gets you worked up, just listen to some dewberries. That's like the antidote for to Tool. Okay, I believe this next part is yours. It is, and it's that part of the show that, as you know, brings a tear to my eye. Because parting is such sweet sorrow. But before we go, we are going to give you homework, as we always do at this particular juncture. That brings us to the part of the show that makes me a little sad, brings a tear to my eye, and that is parting is such sweet sorrow. And during this portion of the show, we give you homework because we're bitches like that. That's what we do. And we ask you, hell yes. Well, sure. Hell yes or oh hell no. And this time, it is the ACDC edition. But let let me explain. So hell yes or oh hell no, but we're talking about the lead singers. So are you team Bon Scott? Are you team Brian Johnson? Or are you team Axl Rose? That's what we're asking you. Just tell us what you think. Hell yes or hell no. Or maybe you love them all. Maybe you love none of them. Maybe you think ACDC, who the fuck is that? Why do I fucking care? Or maybe you think, well, ACDC deserves a much better vocalist than any of these can offer. I don't know. Tell us what you think. We'll put it out there. Can't wait to find out what you're into or what you're not into. But we'll find out what you think about ACDC next week, and David will completely discount it anyway, so it doesn't matter. And David, I think that takes it to you to wrap things up. Yeah, and that brings us time to wrap this little puppy up in a neat little blanket. Uh, the next Birds of a Feather show air date is scheduled for July 3rd. That's right, your Independence Day party station Mother right here. All right, and, well, that pretty much only leaves you to say... Let's get the flock out of here. This has been Birds of a Feather on Fusion Music Radio.